even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Minisode, a step closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. Now, let's get into today's topic. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is A Step Closer, another layer of our ministry of Walk in Truth. We are doing minisodes. This is the second minisode. And make sure that you follow us on your favorite podcast app. And uh, so you can be aware when we're going to release the next one, there'll be several in this particular topic, and you can tell a friend about what you're hearing as well. I have two very special guests with me on this topic of Roe v. Wade, or more specifically, the issue of life. We know that there was a leak with the Supreme Court on the Roe v. Wade decision. Apparently, it's going to be overturned on a federal level. And of course, that has brought or kind of re-sparked the debate in the country. And there are people who are very passionate about this issue, about uh, abortion and whether one identifies as pro-life, pro-choice, pro-abortion, etc. Uh, here we are. This is a issue both outside the church and inside the church. And so what we're going to try to do is bring a balanced perspective. We're going to speak the truth in love. So if when I introduce this topic, immediately you got a little defensive or maybe pulled back a little bit, hang in there. Why don't you step closer, step toward us on this topic, because we are not here to beat anybody up or condemn, but we're here to speak truth. And truth will bring clarity to every issue of life. I'm going to stop there and introduce our two guests. Uh, To my right, we have Angie Plaza, and Angie has done a lot of amazing work in the church. Uh, I think you, you work in about every ministry that I can imagine right now, from doing personal counseling and discipleship to youth ministry to you've done uh, post-abortion or, or abortive counseling. You've done a lot of different things. So, Angie, I just want to welcome you to the broadcast. Maybe just say hi. Hi. And what's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> uh, mocha almond fudge. Oh, mocha almond fudge. That's great. To my left, Pastor Shane Lance, my oldest son. Uh, one of the pastors here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Shane, you are in your later 20s now. You have a brand new, wonderful blessing named Melody, which is a blessing to your mom and dad as well. And uh, you are a young man of virtue and character. Um, you've, you do a lot of amazing ministry, both with music and teaching the Word of God and shepherding and discipling. I believe that you're a voice, uh, a very important voice for your generation um, in bringing clarity with compassion. So, Shane, welcome to A Step Closer, Walk in Truth. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think uh, clarity is something that's greatly needed right now, especially with this this issue. So I'm glad that we're able to talk about it. One thing that you and I have talked about, Pastor Shane, is um, – how people can go on social media and everybody seems to have an opinion and it's usually like a one sentence um, salvo uh, to be quite candid, which broad brushes issues, uh, doesn't really open up a whole lot of dialogue, paints people sadly into a corner. And I will tell our friends who jump on social media, whatever side you're on, B 
be very careful because you don't have a chance to explain yourself. And when you broad brush, oftentimes uh, you don't come across as very smart or very balanced. Um, you're just adding fuel to the fire. So I'm going to say that with all respect I can muster up. But um, you well, know, if you're going to post something, post something that's ac- actually helpful. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, as a as a millennial, as somebody who is on social media and has seen the evolution of social media, um, it has been a powerful tool that's been used for a lot of good, but it's been used for a lot of bad. And I think especially as professing Christians, um, as in any area of our life, before you hit, you know, post or share, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, why am I posting this? Mm-hmm. And and what fruit will come from me posting this? Because I think that that's, if, if we had a little more discernment in what we said and did as believers, uh, we have to remember we represent Christ. Amen. So thinking about the goal of a post, uh, and we didn't plan on going here, but here we are, Angie. Right. So when I'm when I'm going to post something, and I'm not a big social media person, but this is what I would say to somebody who's thinking about posting something. What is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And do you think that it will accomplish the top things that Christ is about, which would be love, truth, justice, etc.? Do you think your post is going to accomplish that? I know you shared a post with us just a few minutes ago, but do you have any thoughts on just the social media aspect of it? Um, I would agree, but I'm pretty sure that I'm an offender of it too myself (laughs) sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think that especially when you're in those passionate moments, um, we do need more thought behind that. Um, But I do think it is like um, it can be used for good. I know that there's sometimes where I've posted things that may not have aligned with what you said, but it did open up an area of dialogue one-on-one with somebody outside of social media. So well, and you, I think it's like sometimes it's hit and miss. Yeah. And you mentioned one-on-one. And of course, mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to be doing as believers. Shane, we had a conversation over breakfast and we were talking about, you know, is your post going to bring us together as the body of Christ or right. cause division? Right. So we could talk about social media all day long, but we're that's not our topic. Our topic is this leak of the Roe v. Wade decision that apparently is going to be overturned by SCOTUS, by the Supreme Court of the United States of America. It's a leak right now. We can talk about the motivations of why it got leaked, and it's probably political. Uh, It has brought a firestorm of renewed controversy and division. Pausing there for a second, I want to acknowledge here we are at the end of May, and uh, we've had three shootings in our country that just come to mind. I'm losing track of the numbers, but we had one shooting in Buffalo, New York at a Topps, uh, was it a supermarket? Uh, obviously racially motivated, uh, targeting black people. We had a shooting in a church in Orange County, just down the freeway from us. Yeah. Um, largely an Asian congregation is my understanding of that. And uh, people were shot and killed there in a church. You have a store, a church, and now... Uh, Here we are the day after a mass shooting in a school in Texas. Uh, Last count, 19 little kids dead, Mm -hmm. two teachers dead, many wounded. And, of course, once again, all the questions arise and people tend to get political. So they will use something that happens as a platform for their view. And, Angie, I love what you said because – 
you're holding us accountable because we could be perceived as doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Here we are. We're 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 jumping on some microphones. We have a platform, but but I want us to be transparent and honest about our own shortcomings and sin and foibles because this table has three sinners saved by grace. So yeah. I want to make sure that you know that we're going to we're going to talk about the good news of the gospel. We're going to talk about. Um, the, the reality of this issue, but the hope that we have, even if we have experienced an abortion. So just just want to make sure that when we're doing these minisodes, we, we did this on the resurrection. If you joined us for that one, we're defining our terms. So I'm going to read something from Scott Klusendorf, and we have a couple of quotes here, but uh, I'm going to take you through an acronym. If you're a note taker and you're listening right now and interested in taking some notes, the acronym is LIFE. We're going to go through the L. We're going to talk about logical arguments for life, that life begins at conception. We're going to talk about the I in life, which is the issue. What is the main issue when we have a discussion like this? The F is going to be forgiveness. We're going to talk about forgiveness in Jesus. Angie, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your personal testimony mm-hmm. and healing that can occur as a result of forgiveness. And then we're going to talk about the gospel, eternal life found in Jesus Christ, hope for all of us, Jesus dying for sinners like you and like me. So let's begin with this topic of life and logical arguments for life. So I'm going to share something from, uh, this is um, Scott Klusendorf, he, and he says these words. Abortion discussions can get ugly really fast. I'm quoting. Two minutes into the exchange, the participants are no longer talking about abortion. They're talking about each other. Pro-life advocates accuse abortion choice advocates of hating babies. Abortion choice advocates accuse pro-life advocates of hating women. Hmm. Both are missing the point entirely. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. I agree if, as pro-life advocates, as a pro-life advocate, I think abortion choice advocates are on to something. They're right that abortion is a personal, private matter that should not be restricted in any way. They're right that laws restricting abortion are unjust. They're right that pro-lifers should not impose their views on others. They're right that everyone but the woman should stay out of this decision. Yes, they're right about all that if, if what? If the unborn are not human beings. So just in case you thought I was going off the ledge there, they're right if the unborn are not human beings. Hmm. Contrary to what some may think, continuing the quote, the issue that divides me from abortion choice advocates is not that they are pro-choice and I am anti-choice. Truth is, I am vigorously pro-choice when it comes to women choosing a number of moral goods. I support a woman's right to choose her own health care provider, choose her own school, to choose her own husband, choose her own job, choose her own religion, etc. These are among the many choices I fully support for the women of our country. But some choices are wrong, like intentionally killing an innocent human being, simply because they're in the way of something we want. No, we shouldn't be allowed to choose that. The question At the heart of all of this, this is the L, a logical argument, is what is the unborn? The issue, kind of moving down to our I now, is what is the unborn? Is it a human being? Let's start right there. So some people will immediately say, Pastor Shane, 
Um, oh, well, you're, you're, are you going to quote a Bible verse right now? Well, we've got some Bible verses. Right. But let's deal with the issue from a scientific, logical perspective. When do scientists, as a majority, say life begins? A couple quotes you got? Well, it's interesting. Um, I think if you watch you know, interviews that are done on the street where people are just asked at random about this, uh, people oftentimes, it's, it becomes pretty apparent very quickly that people don't really know what they think about this. Um, but it's interesting. There was a study done by the United States Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, and they invited experts to testify on the question of when life begins. Um, all the quotes throughout this article that I was reading um, are from experts in this area. Uh, a few quotes that I wanted to just highlight. There's there's dozens and dozens. But um, Dr. Alfred M. Uh, Bongiovanni, professor of pediatrics and obstetrics at the University of Pennsylvania, stated this. He said, quote, I have learned from my earliest medical education that human life begins at the time of conception. He continues, I submit that human life is present throughout this entire sequence from conception to adulthood and that any interruption of the, uh, at any point throughout this time constitutes a termination of human life. I am no more prepared, and this is a key part of this, I am no more prepared to say that these early stages of development in the womb represent an incomplete human being than I would be to say that the child prior to dramatic effects of puberty is not a human being. This is a human life at every stage. Uh, Another professor, this is Professor Michelin Matthews Roth, Harvard University Medical School, says, uh, quote, it is incorrect to say that biological data cannot be decisive. It is scientifically correct to say that an individual human life begins at conception. Our laws, one function of which is to help preserve the lives of our people, should be based on accurate scientific data. End quote. And one final quote from Professor Jaime Gordon from the Mayo Clinic says, By all the criteria of modern molecular biology, life is present from the moment of conception. You know, I think there's a, there's a misunderstanding and a, and a misconception that we aren't decided on this, that this is still like up in the air and, yeah. and open to debate. But these are not Christian professors or Christian doctors. These yes. are these are scientific medical experts who are conclusively conclusively saying that life begins at conception. And, you know, Angie, we were talking about this earlier. It is interesting because we could talk about these these uh, debate points and these arguments all day long. But there's a deeper issue of the heart. And, you know, you've helped a lot of women who have been in these low moments. And you were just mentioning some of your experiences and even how interesting it is that most of the women, by the time they even realize that they're pregnant and they end up at an abortion clinic, are already aware that that baby has a heartbeat and so forth. So, you know, what is Correct. some of the, your experiences with that? Well, I don't know necessarily that they're per se aware that the baby has a heartbeat sure. at that point. Um, depending on where they go, right, they may be informed that the baby has a heartbeat. I think that there's a lot of uneducated decisions that are made um, when it comes to abortion. But, you know, just biologically speaking, right, most women don't know they're pregnant until after they've missed their first period, which is at four weeks. The baby has a heartbeat at day 20. So even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks. And, you know what I mean, there's a heartbeat, there's Everything's pretty much intact. The only thing that child or that baby needs is time and nutrition. It's yes. fully formed. So, and even though you said we could put that aside, we don't need to put it aside because life does begin at the moment of conception. Yes. 
And because of that, and we're gonna we're gonna leave you on this hanging on this point until our next episode. Once we define what a child in the womb is, then it affects every single other consideration. Yes. We're gonna have to leave it there for part two on the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision and how we think through that as believers and as those who may not be believers. This is Walk in Truth. This is a mini-sode called A Step Closer, another layer of the ministry of Walk in Truth. Tune in next time as we do part two on this critical issue. God bless you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to A Step Closer. Let us know your thoughts on today's topic. You can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. You can also let us know a topic or question you'd like us to answer and discuss. Again, email us at contact at walkintruth.com. Thank you.